Sometimes you work so hard for something, you don't want to let it go, you hold on to it so tight, but little do you know it's preparing you for something bigger. And that's what soccer did for me. In order to have a diversity in any running, like even especially the ultra scene, I don't remember seeing any black person that at Leadville running the course. I might have been one, maybe if there's another one, another one. You didn't see nobody. Yeah. I didn't see nobody at ATMV. Yeah, representation matters though. I told you and Shamuni, I said, we gotta keep coming back here. I said, bring your brother. I just told myself, Hella, what are you in control of? What do you wanna do to be, for, for once, to hold yourself accountable and be consistent in life and stop winning fingers? And what is something you're afraid of you wanna face? Running hit me immediately. I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single two black two. It is early, but we live from New York. We ain't, we're technically like live, but we doing this in person, live in person, New York City, yes. Hoka pop-up shop, doing our thing, and we are joined with- Legend. Legendary, you feel me? You feel me, bro? You seen this man on Good Morning America. You seen him on ESPN. You seen him on about every single running magazine. He's been one of the faces of YouTube Black. One of the faces, one of the faces of Hoka at the moment. Fly, human fly. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are too kind. Over 280K on YouTube. Doing it across all social media platforms. I gotta say, low key, like the origins of running influencing in a way as well. Like, one and only, bro. You feel me? Give this man his flowers. <laughs> and let's not forget about today and the specialness of today and this podcast marking 2,000 days running in a row. And guys, he's hella good too. Hella Sadiq. Hella Sadiq. Join us on the Two Black Runners podcast. First time ever. Yes. This is this is incredible, bro. Yeah, I'm so humble and excited to be in your presence. We talked about doing this since Chamonix, and I'm glad it actually yeah. happened. We pushed it, and this is the perfect moment. Yeah. For real, man. Yeah. For it to come to fruition, yes. 2,000 day, yes. and it's like you know, this place is special to you. Yes, you know, it is. For with sure. New York and everything yeah. as well. So. It's great to be a part of it, you know what I mean? And just watching your journey, like, too. Thank like, you. everybody, y'all seen them on TikTok, y'all seen them on Instagram, y'all seen them on YouTube. Like, you're one of those top, top dudes. Like, Appreciate what does that, what does that, like, really feel like? Like, at YouTube Black, you got, like, three or four awards. Yes. I was watching that. Yes, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> how does that, how does that feel? I mean, it's, it is very humbling, um, but it also feels great to show, to see your hard work coming into something that you never thought it would be. And, um, and I couldn't have done it without my fiance, Belle, because all these videos that you guys see, if it's not my Instagram story that I'm personally in charge of, even with that, I always like, hey, is this good? Um, she does everything. So mm -hmm. every run, if you see me on Reels, on TikTok, um, she's catching me when I'm coming in from a run or when I'm in the middle of a run because she tracks me live. So she, brought, she made me hella good because yeah, the story yeah. goes into when I started this run journey, she kept saying, hey, we should do a YouTube video on it, and I keep pushing it off. Mm. It wasn't about social media, it was just about my personal um, demon that I was facing, you know, with this run thing. And then day 163, I finally listened to her, and that video was one went viral, and made us YouTubers, and next thing you know, <laughs> we got hella good now, so. What was it that yeah. she saw, like, in you, that she was like, we should put this on camera? Uh-huh, so it's funny because 
When I, uh, when I was uh, born, my dad had a dream for me to be named Hella after his father. Everybody in my village named um, Biafeta Chomogo. So I was supposed to be another Chomogo, but he's like, no way. I, I had a dream. Um, they didn't know my sex yet. They were just like, the dream was it's going to be a son and it has to be named after Hella. So when I was born with that name, um, I was here from my parents that mm -hmm. you're going to be something. And I, I believed, I started believing that you're going to be somebody. I didn't know what that was. I yeah. thought I was going to be a professional soccer player because mm -hmm. that was my dream. And, uh, but when I met Belle, um, Alexa Torres, I call her Belle, mm -hmm. she said to me, you're supposed to be, like, you don't have this name for a reason. It's supposed to be out there. Mm. So she always thought that. So I don't know if that was her thought process of putting me out there. I, I got to ask her that I actually didn't really. But she did say, she always said, I knew you were going to be up to something, mount to something. So you can't just have Hella and not, not have, so. I love that because I feel like people that we've had on the past, like that their parents has been such a big impact. I remember when we talked, one of our first podcasts, talking to Corey Carter, she's a 2017 yeah. world champion. And just her talking about like her parents, like instilled in her, like that belief that like now Corey Carter, yes. like means something. I feel like our dad did it the same way that like Potts means something. Like you don't see, there's definitely people out there with the last name Potts, but you don't see a lot of Potts. Yes. So like he made us believe that like Joshua Potts, Aaron Potts, uh -huh. like that definitely like stands for something. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? Like it's something that's, I don't know, you just, you, like, it's not cockiness, it's confidence that you walk yes. around with and be all like, yeah. I'll be able to do these type of things. And kind of what you were saying after early, earlier, like you had the dream to be like the professional soccer player, yeah, like thing. in a way. And then like, it all kind of just like shifted. Like your hard work first paid off as like, a soccer player, yeah. then the payoff in something that you totally did not I no expect. Idea. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. So this day I'm just like, wow, what is life? Yeah. yeah, and like too, like what you're saying, our names are also, like biblical with yeah. all of those names behind it too. Like I know for me having that name Aaron yeah. growing up and like Aaron was, you know, he was a preacher. He yes. was like, he was like a speaker. He was, he was a leader. Look what so, you're doing right now. Exactly. So that always, <laughs> that always like gassed me up a little bit, a little yeah. bit too. Giving you that confidence. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Mm -hmm. But I want to also talk, talking about your like parents, because I was looking yes. into you coming from Mali, West Africa, mm -hmm. and you were saying you're, you're both of your brother and sister graduated high school yeah. at 16. Yeah, 16. I was the, the regular person. I graduated at 18. So you come from just like, you come from amazing, amazing family too. Like both of your parents, they have like masters yeah. or PhDs. PhDs. Yeah, my dad has um, three PhDs. Mom has one and a few masters. Damn. Yeah, everybody's um, uh, educational. I'm the one with the least amount of education right now. And my brother, I guess, because we just have our um, undergrads. My sister has a master. But our parents always wanted to get to their level. I said, no, dad, mom, that's not for me. <laughs> that's, you know, we'll leave it at after leaving college, yeah. Is there anyone else in your family, though, that's like, you know, because I feel like you're very just like energetic, entertaining uh -huh. and stuff like that. Do they have that similar personality? Or are they more quiet? Um, not too similar, but not too far off. So I think it's the energy you get being Mali, and I can't say African specifically because Africa is such a big continent. Yeah, yeah. But being in Mali, there's so much energy. When you're just walking out, it just rub off on you. Mm -hmm. I think it's the lifestyle. I think my upbringing was a huge um, reason too, because everybody just messing with each other, having a good time. Even though there's some a lot of enduring stuff that you got to do over there, but we all know we're in this together. Yeah. So might as well just laugh and have a good time because you can't do anything. Yeah. And I think that's one thing me and Aaron noticed, especially about like your content in particular. Because when you look at like because there's definitely uh, a lot of ways you can go with like motivation, like to get up and go running. You can be like, kind of like, you know, like be like hard, you feel me? And yeah. like trying like, nah, you gotta get up, you gotta get running. Yeah. Like you look like a slob right now, what yeah. are you doing? Like you can be like that type of way or like trying to motivate Basically, 10 minutes. Basically talking about David Goggins. Yeah. Like, 10 so, minutes a day, just start yeah. off running. Like how's that? I, 
I believe there's other ways that, many ways that people could be motivated. And for me, I don't think it has to be a drill sergeant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if someone needs something to be done for them or they want to do something, if you keep yelling at them, even if you look at a child, the more you yell at them, it's not really fixing the issue. The encouragement is better, right? If you encourage somebody to let them know, believe in yourself, you can do this. They're going to be like, you know what? If that person believes in me, I can do it. Or if that person can do it, I can do it. That's my mindset. So, and I don't want to get up and tell you, you guys got to get up, you're being lazy. Because at one point, I was in that situation. I wasn't consistent with anything in life. So I had to find that in, inner self and get that happening. So who am I to come tell somebody, you better do this? Because I was in that deep spot at one point in my life. So it was hard mentally to kind of fixate myself to what it is. So if I can't encourage you in a positive way, I'm not going to yell at you because it doesn't make sense. Everybody has their own time, their own processing, and you just got to let it be. And when you let it be, it's going to be healthier versus if you force somebody to do something, it's only going to hold well together for so long and next thing you know, boom, collapse. Would so. you say like your coaches, what were you like the coaches you had? What was like that style yeah. that you were so, under? Because of my coaches, I'm running right now, especially my, uh, my college coach back at the University of Massachusetts, uh, Sam Cook, may he rest in peace, he passed away. Um, but he was the guy that was just always on me. I could never do anything right. Mm -hmm. And I never really understood why he was doing it. But he was trying to get the best out of me. And he made me afraid of running. Anything you do, I love the game. I was a guy that would play 90 minutes, no problem. Yeah. But the way that if you see me being so fearful about running, you would think that I never even play in the game. Because you can't play <laughs> soccer without running. You run a lot. I, yeah, I had Facebook status back in the day. Like, I'm scared to wake up. There's fitness tests tomorrow. There's this and that. I'm nervous, I'm going to every teammate, yo, yeah. what do you think about tomorrow's run? I hated having days off because when you have a day off, you come in the following day and the coach is gonna be like, oh, fresh legs, so we're gonna run a little more today. So I'm like, I don't want a day off because I know what's gonna happen. So he kind of built a callus in my mind and at the time I didn't like it and I didn't understand. So it, it made me who I am today because I was like, now nah, I'm gonna face that fear that you put in me. Mm. But was it his fault? No, it was myself because I created this this little scenario in my head, what running does to me, and to figure out that it's one of the most beautiful things out there, yeah. And I feel like a lot what you do too with your content, and just even with the running, it's like, I was thinking like, it's kind of like intentional positivity. Yes, yes. Because I feel like even just in the fact of like, watching your videos or just your content, like it's all, well it's family friendly, no but like being, yeah, being yeah, the intentionality, like no yeah. cursing, no like crude jokes, Never like anything, anything like, like, like that, like that intentional like positivity that's so, so much needed, like kind of like talk about like that. Yes, yeah, so I have to keep it that way because I feel like it's, it's, I'm thinking everybody's watching it, like you said, it could be a young kid or someone that's an adult, you don't really need to, anything that brings negative energy, I stay away from it because um, I've been in that situation where everything just drags you down. So in order to stay away from it, you don't really have to think about it hard. Let me not swear, let me not do anything that could hurt somebody because you already put yourself on that, that frequency, that energy. Yeah. So it just comes out naturally how it is. So it's hard to get up for that sometimes though, to like just try and be like, when you do like a video or some content, to be all like, keep on like trying to like be like positive when the day's like, you feel like, oh, I don't know, man, I don't know. It's just natural because in a way, when I say natural is because everything is perspective about me. Yeah. Uh, life is perspective. Everything could be horrible according to what I think it is, but that horrible for me could be the best thing for somebody because yeah. they're in even a much deeper situation. So I'm just thinking to myself where I came from, what my best friends back home would do to be in my place. So perspective. So whenever something is going on, I have actually have a 10 minute rule. So 
if something is bothering me, I don't like it, it's making me mad, angry, I give myself 10 minutes to deal with it emotionally. If I want to scream, I want to scream. If I want to laugh, cry, I'm going to cry. If I want to punch something, I'll punch it. But after that 10 minutes, it's done. You got to step away from it. And it's different for everybody. Some people need a couple of days. I just give myself 10 minutes. And with that 10 minute rule, it allows me to be human because we have emotions, but also allows me to say, you know what, it's time to move on because mm -hmm. life isn't waiting for you. You know, there's so many beautiful things to look forward to. So with that mindset, that 10 minutes started being shorter and shorter because I'm always like, you know what? Life is still good. Like, look, look, at, look at us doing what we love, living our dreams, um, working with one of the best brands, if not the best to me in the world, Hoka, and just doing what we love, them supporting us and things like that. What can you really complain about? I mean, you live an amazing life for sure, but yes. like, I don't think people understand too, like, you're not just getting up and running every day. No, you're no. creating all this content. Like, yes. I was with you in Chamonix. You're like, yo, I'm about to be <laughs> back here again for another thing with GoPro. And yeah. then I'm going out, I'm going out to San Francisco <laughs> to Apple, do some things yeah. for uh, like Apple. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's nonstop. And like, everything you're doing is amazing with the positivity and everything. But what about, you always hear, there's like a big push for like taking like breaks. So you say yeah. you have your 10 minutes, mm -hmm. like, you haven't missed a run in like five years. There's yeah, never been a day years. where you're like, I need a, just a break or even, like, do you take breaks from like YouTube and all that stuff or anything? It's not in, like, oh, we're taking a break. We've had time where like we haven't posted in a couple of weeks, few weeks, and it's just that happened naturally. So the way our content works, we don't try to force a video because if there's nothing to be shown, why force a video? And back in the day, having some type of sponsorship, you have obligations, right, to do videos. And I didn't like that because now sometimes you're forced to make a video just so you fulfill those sponsorship requirements. So for us, not having to do that was the best thing. So we make videos as it's needed. So the last video we posted was almost, um, it was over 10 days ago, maybe 12 days now. But I'm not forcing to do a video because I don't need to. Now I have an opportunity to do a video on my 2000 run streak. Mm -hmm. So we'll do it. So we just let it be and let it flow and come in and sit consistently that way. So I've never felt like, it's too much. I've never had a run where I absolutely hated. Um, I've had runs that were rough where I'm just like, man, this is rough. Man, this is taxing on my body. But also, that also comes with the injuries that I'm dealing with. When I'm injured, I'm more annoyed about the injury that's preventing me to enjoy, to enjoy the run process than the run itself. What are some of the yeah. injuries, though? That's another thing, yeah. too. I'm like, that's to like, run <laughs> that many days in a row, yeah. no breaks. We were like, is it cap? Is our yeah. guy, is it possible? Is our yeah. yeah. guy capping on us, bro? Like, <laughs> yes. Bread, that's a yeah. lot. So bro. I got some good questions. Someone even recently put on my um, uh, uh, shorts on YouTube when we posted to promote this so people that come run. He's like, there's no way. You never got sick. You never got injured. That's not possible. So I've got injured. Everybody think that I'm able to do this because I'm injury free. No. There's no chance. I had posterior shin injury that lasted 60 plus days. Damn. And it was the most painful. The first one on my right leg, I would go home and go hide in the back room because I'm almost going to cry. I don't want my girl to see me or her mom to see me because I'm in that much of a pain. But I didn't want to give up on the run because it wasn't like, oh, who are you trying to prove this to? It was like the mindset was running is life. When life gets tough, I don't want to give up on it. I don't want to throw my towel in the bucket and say this is it. When life gets tough, we figure out a way to push forward, right? So running was the same symbol to me. So I said, I got to figure it out. I'm not gonna tap out. There's people who can't walk, let alone run. This is a privilege. I still have a little bit in me. So I would push through the injury. Yes, it was smart. It would have been smart to take days off. Yeah. I would have healed quicker. But the fact that I was not only lasted 60 plus days. And um, so I do get injured and I don't get sick. I rarely get sick. Even this is not before starting running. But when I get sick, it's something like maybe a headache. When I go run, it helps yeah. the headache. So 
there has been time scenarios where everything is tough physically. I've had two posterior shin injury. When I was running across America, I had liquid in the back of my knee, sack of, like, you can poke it. Like, I had big blisters, the only bliss I've ever had in this run journey, run, wrap around both toes. I've had ankles that were swelling. I have to show you images later that was keeping me enjoying the process of running, but I was still getting out there to push so I can get my daily running and keep that streak alive. And I have like, I started my run streak with an Apple watch. That's why I still rock it. Even mm -hmm. though I run with four watches, you see two on me right now. But when I go on that run, two extra gets added. <laughs> but if I pick up my app and then I give you guys from May 15th, 2017 until today. And actually it was before May 15th, but I didn't have it on the record. So I said May 15th. He's always being humble, bro. Yeah. So I, I have to say May 15th because yeah. the proof is there. And I don't really need a proof to anybody. Yeah. It's more of just to show that it is possible. Uh, but if I give you that app and have you scroll through and then just pick one there and click on it, I guarantee you're going to see a run there because it's just there. That's crazy. Yeah, it's there. I don't think we ever, we haven't touched on this yet, but like yeah. what really, because you said you've been in that dark place where you were yes. inconsistent mm -hmm. and everything like that. Yes. So what was that? What was that like? What brought you to that? Yeah. And what was like the, what was the spark mm -hmm. to do like, okay, I'm just going to run 10 so, minutes a day. Being an immigrant in America is really tough. It's one of the toughest things that uh, I went through in life. And as a young kid, you come here, you don't know anything. You don't even know you're on a visa. You think you can just come here and you can live the American life. Mm -hmm. I had aspiration to be a pilot. My first flight um, coming here from 98 to 99, I was able to jump in the cockpit actually from, uh, from our flight from Europe to the US. The pilot literally let me sit in the front of the That's plane. Dope. So I was like freaking out. I, I, my mind was, mom, I want to be a pilot when I grow up. So immediately that dream was there. So we moved back to Mali one year later. My parents were done with their doctorates and masters. And to fast forward to um, early 2000s, we came back because my mom was doing her PhD this time. So we came back to join her. And um, I came to the US based on, um, off of tragedy because 98, my mom and my brother joined my dad who was here since 95. We were left with my mom's sister and she passed away. So there was no one there to take care of us. I was a six year old, my sister was eight turning nine. So we came that reason in the 90s and to move back, um, excuse me, a, a year later. So I wanted to be a pilot in high school. I took aviation courses. Fun fact, I had finished ground school and we were about to do air school. The, um, the, the teacher said, everybody bring your passports at DeKalb Municipal Airport where we're gonna um, fly these taxi planes. He would be next to you. And I handed my passport. They're like, wait a minute. Um, you can't do this. You have to be a US citizen. You have to have a US passport since 9-11. Mm -hmm. The rules have changed. Oh, wow. They have to do a background check. So my, I went home crying. I used to walk around in school with my aviation jacket. That's how, how bad yeah. I wanted it. And people would make jokes. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. I want to be a pilot. And uh, so that teacher told my mom, there is a way to handle this, but we have to do a background check. They got to check your family history, even as far as back in Mali. So it was not even worth it. And the, the expense of money, we couldn't afford it. Yeah. So we just let it go. And that aviation school was free because the school program was providing it to the high school kids from a local college. So that was shattered. That's a so cool program. Yeah, I just left that dream alone because I knew there was no chance at that point. And uh, so the soccer thing came. I knew I was talented until I got scholarship offers from JUCO to Division One. Division Three will say we're trying to get your academic scholarship. My grades weren't even that great to to <laughs> qualify for that. So I just be like, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, but. I went to the University of Massachusetts and one of the game I was um, a summer game, PDL, Professional Development League or Premier Development League, you can call it. 
Uh, I was defending one of the top scorers in the country from Boston College. If he's listening to this, Charlie Rugg is his name. Say his name. Wait, say that in the Char camera for us. Charlie Rugg. I don't know if you remember me, but I played against you when you were <laughs> with um, uh, Worcester Hydra. I was playing with Boston Victory. So my coach said, you got to defend this kid because everybody can't keep up with him. And you have the pace. You should be able to. He was like ACC player of the year, scoring like 20-something goals for Boston College. And... I said, all right. So I want to defend him. I was a left midfielder. They made me a left back just so I can defend this kid. And Sporting Kansas City happened to have recruits at that game. Mm, so showed out. Yeah, my little brother, I got to give him a shout out, Adama Sidibe. He acted like an agent. And because my name was getting out there, I became 2012 Player of the Year. And as a defender, I wasn't even a defender. So I, I got invited by um, Nike for this classic for soccer. There was few people in the country they collected. We played against a top on division two team championship team from the UK it was called Oxford United. I was even defending someone that was on a $10 million contract, shutting him down. And I was even messing with him. You know what? They signed you for 10 million? I'm a college kid. And it, it, trash, turned, it turned bad. They, he elbowed me. I got stitches in the middle of the game. Damn. I swear he was like, he really yeah, got he, you. Yeah, he was really he was playing like, bad. Well, yeah. I asked for it. <laughs> um, but when, when that happened, my brother was like, oh, people, they think he's good. He started reaching out to MLS team. Sporting Kansas City answers him back and say, we actually love Hela. We saw him play against somebody we want to recruit, but we ended up liking him. They want to recruit that kid. Then later mm -hmm. when I find out, they're like, but we're curious, does he play left mid? Um, he was playing left back, but he was working the whole flank. And I said, in fact, I am a left midfielder. Just that game I was back there. So they reached out to my coach. They're trying to pick me up in the super draft, which is the top picks. I dropped the supplementary draft. There was visa issues. I'm an immigrant, international. You got to get your visa waived. You, there's so many processes. So I, was, I went to the combine that I got in, and um, Seattle um, Sounders affiliate kids at Puma. Coach was my head coach at the combine. So he liked me. He went to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, John, the assistant coach, he said, hey, can I have Hella for a year? And I'll get him ready for you guys, the things that you want him to work on. So I was still able to sign a professional contract in Seattle and play there. It was just easier. And then went to Sporting Kansas City the following year for preseason, but nothing worked out. I keep getting pinned between teams because of that yeah. immigration issue. So it got to a point where like I had zero control. Uh, I had a uh, my assistant coach back in college had connection in Germany. I had a contract to go to Germany, guaranteed wow. for a year. Playing wasn't guaranteed, but the contract, the money was nice too. Yeah. So I flew from Seattle, went to the German embassy in Boston. I got denied, and the reason was the denial was you're not a U.S. citizen, and you're from a third world country. They call that out like as if it's a bad yeah. thing. And if you're done with your season in Germany, we don't want you to be an immigration issue because we know you're not going to go back home. I was like, how do you know? I might love my country. Yeah. How are you going to tell yeah, me that? Right? But that was the denial of reason. So that went off the board. So I would go to teams. They're obsessed with me. They want to sign me. It's not working out because of that issue. So I got to a That's point tough. where I was just like so sad because I wanted that so bad. I, I was selected out of almost 400 players to play against the U.S. Youth National Team at a combine. 20 players selected out of almost 400 players. So I had potential. So I started being like, you know what, this could be my dream, and just got stripped away. So I got to the point where I was just so angry with the system. I was angry with myself. I'm pointing fingers at everybody. And the excuses that I was making were super valid. But also at the same time, it's not in my control. So back in 2017, I just told myself, Hella, what are you in control of? What do you want to do to be for, for once to hold yourself accountable and be consistent in life and stop pointing fingers? And what is something you're afraid of you want to face? Running hit me immediately because I was always afraid of running. And I said, you know what? I want to run every day, uh, 10 minutes a day, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And 10 minutes wasn't because I couldn't do more. It was because it was attainable. I know I can do that. There's no coach yelling at me. 
But within that first week, I fell so much in love with it. 10 minutes was like four miles long. I would just go run, don't even look at my watch. I'll do loops, I get home. I'm like, okay, I'm like, whoa, it's four miles already because I'm just enjoying the run itself. And uh, I ran to Bell, I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think I can see myself doing this for the rest of my life. I want to do every day for a year. I didn't even know run streaking was a thing. So you just liked it. I just loved From it. From the jump, first yeah. week, you were like, because I think I could do this for a whole year. Yeah. Was because, it like meditative for you? Yes, because I saw that it wasn't something fear, something to be fearful about. It's like, wait, why was I so afraid of this? Because I created that scenario in my head. But the fact that there's no one yelling at me, telling me to do it, it's my own will. That's why I don't like to be a drill sergeant. Yeah. Everybody has their own process, especially with their mind. And um, that made me fall in love with it. And the year turned into two. And two turned into I want to run across America. Turned into three, four, five. Now we're going on to year six. Uh, to running my first ultra 100-mile race. I've never done a 100-mile race. The most I've done in a day was 52 miles to double that and at elevation and altitude. So I just wanted it. Yeah, level is a crazy yeah. one. I can't believe first. I picked that one for the first, but I'm glad. Joshua, I want to know from you, like, though, like, when he says when he says that, I think about it from like a coaching perspective because like I've had fear going into workouts. Like we're growing up running track, I'm like, dang, like, and like that's why I needed a break from running. Like mm. after I had gotten injured and like and like just stopped, didn't run because I was just like I respect the sport and how hard it is yeah, too. Yeah, super hard. And I'm like, bro, like. I'm like, if I start running, like, I have to be fast. Like, I got to go. I'm going to have to. Eventually, I'm going to have to go do this super hard workout. And I'm like, I don't have. I'm not trying to be a professional anymore. And I don't have that. I don't have that drive. Yes, At that time, I was like, I don't drive. have that drive to do that. Like, have that drive, yeah. But what do you, how do you feel about with your kids that you coach? Like, you know, how he's saying, like, you bring them up at their own pace almost. Like, not to be not being that drill sergeant, just allowing them the space to, like, fall in love with the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I coach at a high, high school, at, at Norco High School. And yeah. bro, we, we just got to, I got to put it on the podcast. We just got to CIF. This is the first time, like CIF is like basically like playoffs. Our first time getting to like CIF at Norco. That's the first time a team has done that since like 2007, bruh. And like the boys and girls both made the CIF. But I think my biggest thing, what I kind of learned, because I was talking to one of my coaches, like I feel like I've had every single kind of coach because mm -hmm. I played a little bit of football too. Yeah. And then our dad, like I want to say dad's a hard coach, but like he going to get on you. Like there's definitely been times I've been running repeats and I was crying because he was yelling at me. But it was like, it, but I think that was also just because he was my dad and like he was mad, you feel me? And like I had to go, and it was hard, but he was pushing me to go faster but I definitely like that individuality of just like trying to like if somebody's having a bad day I would never just be all like what are you doing like like why why do you not understand go faster because like like un unlike any other sport especially like an endurance sport especially an endurance sport unlike uh, soccer or basketball or football like it's very it's very individual yeah. like there's a team aspect it's collective, of it but it's individual performance that comes into a whole fruit of a whole system yeah and you have to like lock in to a certain extent to be able to push yourself to that next level mm -hmm. so i think being able being able to like calmly get that person there for that they can like keep on going because especially like with cross country or running or be able to run like every single day there's a certain level of commitment yes. that has to come within yes, exactly. and like you you're not going to get that 
from somebody drilling that to you every single day. That has to come within for that. You can be all like, I'm gonna stay on this pace mm -hmm. or to come within to be all like, I'm gonna get up every single day mm -hmm. and keep on running. Cause even though for the first like 18 years or well, like 20 years of my life, like I ran pretty much every single day running. But now, like now it's kind of hard. Cause since I did that and trying to like be like hard to try and run every, every single day. But like when you're in it and like, it's a, it's, it was a decision that I made mentally like, like okay, I'm gonna run like no matter what, yeah. like, so like, just force myself through whatever. Like, yeah, like yeah. whether, yeah. and you know that even if you run, like it's gonna be better yes. at the end of the day. Like yes. you're gonna feel like if you have a stomach ache, probably at the end of this run, you're probably not gonna have a stomach yeah. ache. Like, you know. I like the way you entered running because for me, like running, like, and I, I've had to relearn and reshape my relationship with running. Cause mm -hmm. like for me, running was always a means like to get a scholarship to go to school. Yeah, I saw you were like, then, I saw your young picture that I was showing to Bill. I'm like, whoa, he's been going for a minute now. See yeah. why this guy got the pace. <laughs> so we have two other brothers as well. And uh -huh. like, that was like the mission was yeah. like, we have two, I, I'm sorry. I have two younger brothers. Yeah. We have one older, one older brother uh -huh. and that we've all gotten like scholarships to go to school yeah, and that's run. amazing. And that was really like, yeah, that was go the to school for free. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. the, the you know, running has always been a vehicle and that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Like I even used it to, you know, get into the running industry, worked at a running store mm -hmm. and worked for a running warehouse and then yeah. ended up ended up here. But I think when you enter it and I see this a lot, you know, for like more like personal development, like mm -hmm. Alison Desir was saying she runs now to like to like learn something yes. Yes. about yourself and like. That's not why I was running, bro. I was running to be the best. Yeah. Like I was running to get For this me. money. Yes. Like you know what I'm saying? Hey, like, everybody has their own reasons. And but that's having, what I was your why. Is, your why is your why. And but if it becomes not stable, that's when it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I have many whys. The why is holding myself accountable. Um, running for those who can't. It's a privilege. And even any of the like even running across America it wasn't an egoistic thing. It was for a bigger purpose than myself. Knowing that makes it a lot easier. So when you're going through these struggle days, you just think about that purpose and it just helps with everything. It relieves pressure because you're not doing it for yourself. So you got to hold on tight because people are depending on you. And that pressure of depend, people depending on you is not toxic mm -hmm. to a point where just you're miserable. It's more of like, you know what? I got this person. I can do it for them because they need help. They need it more than I do right now than the pain that I'm dealing with. With like your why, how does that why always change to a different goal because like the mm -hmm. build goal or the goal post like, yes you always keep on changing it if it's a leg so, build yes mile run across america how do you keep on choosing these so things? i always tell people be selfish first because if you're selfish you can take care of yourself right when you take care of yourself you have more to give so the first why was taking care of myself proving myself i can do hard things that i can depend on myself i can keep a promise i made myself that's how the streak started so immediately I realized it was a privilege that not everyone has and I wanted to take advantage of that privilege. So now the why for the running changed. And running was a daily routine. I didn't care anymore to say, oh, I have a streak. It was more for those who can't. Mm -hmm. And that's why it, the why changed immediately. Yeah. And then as I saw the impact that it was giving to the world, that why got reinforced. Hello, you're doing this because it's for the right reason. So you love, you love it already, right? Now you can help others along the way. And even my first race, it was a mile race. I've never done anything that hard in my life. I was dying. My lungs were burning. It was a five minute, 24 seconds. And um, I dedicated to suicide awareness. And the only thing I can say is that pain I was going through to, through that mile, my, my chest was burning on fire. Every air I gasped in was like, it felt like it was hot pepper I was inhaling. And I said, people are going through much more pain than you are right now yeah. for this just small duration. And my first half marathon was for a terminally ill mother and daughter who had cancer. 
So when you have those reasons, it, it fuels you and it, it motivates you in different ways. And to running across America and helping the less fortunate, the why changes, but the message is still the same, even though it's a different why. The goal is always to be able to help as much as I can because I got so much help. Like even look at Belle, Belle gave me a career. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for her picking up the camera, I, had, I don't have a career. I could have been doing the same exact thing. No one heard about it, which I didn't want anyone to hear about it. But I'm so happy now it is what it is. Now I have a career. I got help when I went to University of Massachusetts, my family in Medfield. And I got help my, my parents. I got help from my siblings, even though it wasn't the best help. Yeah, it was more trying like, to put you on. Yeah, and my siblings even putting pressure on me. What are you doing? Like, why are you wasting your time? What? They, they helped me because now nah, that was a motivation that I needed. And I said, why does it matter that it matters to you that what I'm not doing, what I'm doing? So it was all beautiful help for me. Yeah, it's all so love. So people have helped me get mm -hmm. to where I'm at. The Hella Good family, um, the Hella Good Run Club we're about to see show up today. So they're all part of this process. So I want to make sure that I help and with my why to give back in so many ways. You can give back. Giving back, everybody thinks you got to have give a lot of money, a lot of things. You know, giving back could be many ways, um, and it could be the small things that adds up. So I'm trying to do my best to give back as much as possible. I feel like it really is like too giving back too is like also just like your energy. Yeah. Like your time. Thank and you. I think Appreciate it's just it. like what you're saying on Instagram, being intentional about putting this positive yeah. energy out there that you know. Some people might be like, oh, this is cheesy, but it doesn't yeah. matter if it just hits yeah. one person. Yeah, yeah. If it hits one person <laughs> yes. that's having a bad exactly. day, that yes. impact, bro. Yes. That's all that really matters. Exactly. And I want to talk about that 245, bro, for mm -hmm. the for George Floyd, Bianca Taylor. Yeah. I don't know, it's so Amar many names, Aubrey, which is sad. Amar Aubrey, yeah. Sandra Bland, yeah, Freddie Gray. Freddie Gray, yeah. John Crawford, yes. the third. Yeah, the third, yes. That, that was... Brianna Taylor. Yeah, yeah Brianna Taylor, 100%. Um, so... Again, Belle getting me all these running stuff. So she sends me, one day I'm chilling in the living room, foam rolling. I get a text message from her. She's in the backyard outside. And she said, look at this cool thing, New York City subway system challenge. 245 miles is the length of the New York City subway system. And this challenge is to run two miles every day from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend. So if you do two miles every day, you get to complete this 245 miles. She sent it to me. I text back, I can do this in, in a week. And she's that's like, crazy. no, no, that's not why I sent it to you. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why did, you, why did you think you could do it? I don't what, know. What? It just hit me. I'm like, I want to do this, but I'm like, that's too long. Too, I do what was your longest long. run before that? My longest run, I had done 50, wait, I had done 50 miles, my longest run. That's still, that's insane. Yeah. So I said, if I do 35 miles a day, I can complete this in a week. And, but with just that, I said, I need to have a purpose. And this is around all the, the black people, Black Lives Matter has been going on. Yeah. So this just enforced more energy because we were seeing innocent people getting their lives taken away from them by just unjust things that's happening, you know, brutality and things like that. So I said, you know what? I want to dedicate each one of these runs to someone that was taken away from us too soon and an unjustifiably way um, because of the color of their skin. So I wanted to have a purpose. So I knew because of that reason, I can do this. I wasn't afraid of how much miles I'm squeezing in, in such a little time because it was for something bigger than myself and I had to fight for them. So every time I dedicate a run to someone, I make sure that I put it all over my social media so we raise money that day and I would donate myself, um, double whatever I get or the miles that I run. Damn. And little, I mean, I, the saying is a dollar is not a lot but many dollars goes a long way. So you can't just say a penny is too small because it takes a lot of penny to even make a dollar. So that was the goal and it might already hit home because same. I'm black. I was the same same age. Um, and it's so sad. Yeah. I'm, I'm a runner. 
I run in neighborhoods that people have never yeah. seen me. Same I run man. in areas when I travel, I'm running everywhere because I don't take a day off. So it could have been me. And I just was like, all right, we got to we gotta speak out on this. How do I use my voice? My voice was running. And I decided to run and dedicated these miles. So I'd go out there 35 miles every day, never even walk a centimeter. I made sure everything was running. It would be raining, it would be hot. It was in the middle, it was the hottest week of the summer at that point, actually. And I was like, I picked the wrong time. <laughs> but it was worth it. So um, yeah, I did that run for Black Lives Matter yeah, back in 2020. I feel like that's so, cause like, you're even at that time you're already doing like the youtube black and everything you're yes. one of the biggest running just influencers and one of yeah, has to be time. one of the biggest like black running influencers too at that time there, not, weren't, there weren't that, yeah, weren't that no. many as there are now no. just like did you feel like how did you kind of just feel during that moment as mm -hmm. like running really like shifted yeah. like a big turn to where like yes. the focus now Diversity and inclusion yes. just came all into running I'm, after that. Did you feel like a responsibility anyway? Not a responsibility, but I'm proud because humbly, when we started a running channel, there was no running channel at all. You Google running, we would come up immediately. We would be like on YouTube running, I would come up because no one was sharing this journey. Mm -hmm. And then find out there's people who were shrieking, it's just that it was never on YouTube. So now people started doing running every day. And in fact, I've seen people take my, my title and caption, forget to delete things that would say it's me because they thought because what I'm using is yeah, what's blowing yeah, the channel yeah. up. And I wasn't mad about it. I've had people take captions that I've made, even on Instagram, just to, I don't know if they wanted to be on the wave now. They see it was something that was helping me grow, even though it wasn't designed to grow, it was just designed to yeah. just share a journey. And, uh, but when that started coming, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy about that because now people have the confidence to, sh to share what they love. Yeah. That's what life is about. And I'm um, seeing that it shifted to a point where it builds so many people doing run streaks. The Hella Good Run Club, amazing. Some of the streaks that I see now, I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In fact, I was always more happy for people hitting the 365 days than me because everybody's like, oh, you're just lucky, it was genetic. Now I'm like, you can do it too. So I'm happier for more people doing it than myself because it shows that it's not just me that's lucky, that some people would say. And um, seeing the shift in culture, um, diversifying. Uh, in order to have a diversity in any running, like even especially ultra scene. I don't remember seeing any black person at, at Leadville running the course. I might have been one, maybe if there's another one, another one. We didn't see nobody. Two, yeah. I didn't see nobody but, in TMV. Yeah, representation matters though. But the fact that I'm stepping my feet, my foot in there, that says a lot. I told you in Chamonix, I said, we got to keep coming back here. I said, bring your brother. Because the more that people see us there, the confident even, Black folks Wait, like us. Can you us. say that to Hoka right now on the yeah. camera? Hoka. Yeah. <laughs> so, the more that, that we see um, color, diversity in any running thing, ultra, whatever you call it, the young folks who are there will be like, you know what, I too can do this. I, I had a, a, um, a special moment in Boston. Um, I asked the gentleman if I can share his story. He was okay with it. So, he ran into me when I was there for the Boston Marathon in October of um, last year. He said, you know, I didn't think that I could run. And I see you, you're black, I'm black. Where I come from, we don't really run like that. And I started running because of you. So that's all it takes. Yeah. Because there was rep representation that he saw. So anybody can be a runner. It doesn't matter your background, gender, ethnicity, whatever it is, just get out there and lace up and go. So, but for us to make that comfortable, us that love the running, we gotta keep showing up. Even if you're not racing, just show up. Yeah, yeah cheering, yeah. show up and show your face because and it can happen, and we just have to let people know that we are accepted in this sport because we don't. People don't feel accepted at the time. At yeah. the time, so we want to make them feel like you know what, just show, just show up. There's love, and uh, so we get more people come out here and do these runs. And I feel the same way about what we do with like the two black runners and everything. And I, 
like since we started this, we always talk about like, yo, like what is the black running community? And like the more we've asked that question, the more we've like started to see those answers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Hella, it's Allison, it's Camila, you know, it's it's us, it's T. Mm -hmm. And I think that since we started, we started in like 2019 and like, you know, we're starting to, all these people are like connecting yeah, more connecting. and then more people are, cause like there are people, black people out here are run, but yes. their stories aren't always highlighted or always, yes. always told, told or they don't feel comfortable. Yes. So now I feel like, you know, that space is just opening up more and more yes, yes. because you're seeing all these people, even like my boy right here, Tommy, He's racing this weekend too. Like I always will say, like I was so flattered when we met him uh -huh. and Eugene. He was he was hyped. He was like, bro, I'm hyped to see y'all. Like yeah. as if I was like a, a, a athlete or something, bro. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, damn, that's dope, bro. Yes. Like I'm happy that and you're leaving an impact. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's and that's that's literally like what it really is. Yeah, that's what it's about. Like that's 100%. what really what we're trying to do here. A hundred percent. Yes. And I really feel like the opportunities that can come mm -hmm. from running, because like, yeah. like how you said, you did. Life, this is my job. Like, yeah, what? like what? Uh, shout out to Hookup for real too, though. They believed in me. And the thing is, when I did my first ultra that weekend, the 245 miles, guess what? It was in the Clifton Six. Mm, the so I was like, I'm doing an ultra run. I heard about this brand, Hookup. This was in 2020, and it's nice, comfortable. I'm going to be on my feet all day. I run 105 miles in that Clifton 6 before I switch it to another one. And uh, I, I was like, wow, I, I see why. And just started weighing it. Then I just got sucked in. And humbly, you, any running shoes, name it, I have tested out. But I always revert back to hookup. Always. There's something about it. When I ran across America, um, I was talking to someone that was uh, working with the agency that works with them. And uh, he's like, do you need shoes? I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, because I was about to go buy myself all these yeah. hooker shoes. Yeah. So he said, how many do you need? I said, 15 pairs. So he gave me a bunch of Bandai 7, and I was like, okay, I'm running across America in these shoes. And I ended up loving the Mach 4 at the time, even though it was less stacked. Like, but that was the shoe that was more connecting to the road with me. And even on my finish day, when I got here to New Jersey the day before, even though I'm supposed to be resting, I drove to a local Roadrunner's to go pick up a Mach 4, I said, I got to finish in my favorite shoes. It was a Mach 4. That has to be the finish line shoes. And I just love the shoe genuinely. And I haven't changed my love for the shoes, just how I was presented to my audience. Because what, what you're obsessed with, what you love, it's natural to show it. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to overdo it or sell or anything. It's just like, yo, check out my kicks, bro. It's a perfect so that's Exactly. So knowing that, I, that they wanted to work with me, and I, when you love something and they want to work with you, it's like, it's a match made in heaven, you know that cheese you. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, wait, they, they want to work with me. And it's just like giving you that opportunity to fulfill your dream, to keep going at all these adventures, giving you opportunity. Going to Chamonix, I see UTMB. Yeah, I see all these, sick. I'm like, Hoka wants me to be there? That's unreal. So it's just gratitude. I just can't stop smiling. I said, this is the perfect dream brand for me. Um, when I signed with them, literally, I did a little um, reel. It's like POV, you just signed with your dream brand. And it was, it's literally is that every day I wake up, I'm still like, wow, I'm very blessed and grateful. Do I can't, you, this is. Do you feel though? Cause you always <laughs> wanted to be a pro soccer player and like, you're not a, you're not even trying to be a professional runner. No, nope. you're something I, I'm, like, I, you're I something myself, different. I, I'm not immature, but I'm not elite. I'm a non-elite runner. I run for fun and fun could be going on these crazy adventures, even though. I run every day. I don't run to race. I run for a purpose. And if there's a purpose in it, even level 100, it, it find, found me. It says level finds you. You don't find it. It found me. I was in New Mexico listening to Born and Run on my Audible. And it says, 
Leadville 100, where ultra runners go really test their skills. I'm like, hmm. I'm, I'm literally two states in out of the 14 states I'm running. I went to my RV, Google this. I'm like, I got to do this race one day. So it found me. So I, I don't go look for things, but knowing that this is what I do, and pro except professionally, because you make money off something, you're a professional. Mm -hmm. But I, I also respect the elites because there's level to this. No matter, it doesn't matter if I ran every day for 10 years, there's level to this, there's respect that I have for elites, this, how they perfect their craft. Even you, I was ha hyped when I saw your, your 5K win. There's level to it. And just because there's level to it doesn't mean that you're not a runner. We're all runners, but you just, <laughs> there's level to it. So I know my level and I'm gonna stay humble in my area and you gotta give the road, the flower to people who are also doing this at a level where it's just unimaginable to you. But my bell said to me, Sometimes you work so hard for something, you don't want to let it go. You hold on to it so tight, but little do you know, it's preparing you for something bigger. And that's what Saka did for me. We need Bell on the podcast. It, though, it, it, like, it, prepared, it prepared me to, to be this runner. But at the time, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. yeah, so I was holding on to that dream. I didn't want to let go. So it's okay to let go. It'll come to you. What's meant to be will be. I, and I do believe every human being on this earth have a purpose. And in order for us to find our purpose, you find your passion and you got to stick to your passion. That'll lead you to your purpose. So I found my passion and I think it led me to what I'm doing right now is my purpose. So yeah, it's just unreal. And, and like sometimes it's tough to let go of that stuff. Yeah, that you think that's gonna be that's the thing. What like you, want. You, you grieve it like yes, a lot. Yes, it's tough. And today everybody I've asked hella, every you said you can do anything with the right mindset, you put your mind, how come you're not pursuing soccer? I said it's not the same love. I love the game, but I don't have the same drive, the mm -hmm. same dedication. So if I want it, I put hundred percent effort, I know yeah. I can do it. Now I'm a U.S. citizen. I, there's none of that issue. I'm much older now, but that's not the dream anymore. I love the game. I still coach. I coach young kids. Oh, yeah, yeah speed soccer, speed agility, quickness, SAQs, soccer from a five-year-old to high school kid. I do it, but I love that, but I don't want to go and pursue that. So that dream, leaving it behind, I never say I retire unofficially. I just, it's, it's almost like death, something that you play your whole life. Now yeah. you let go, but I made peace with it. And I found something that I love even better, so it makes it even like, okay, Saga, thank you for all you've given me. I went to school for free. I got to travel a little bit, uh, play professionally for a, a split second, and then now I'm doing something that I even appreciated more. Yeah, you're yeah. making a, such a huge impact thank on you. so many people. Like, as people are starting to come. Yeah, that's, that's to amazing with trying you. to see that. Yeah, I, it's unreal. And my first Hella Good Run Club back in Boston, it was. Uh, a year ago, back in 2021, I was, with a couple hours notice, I was just like, I'm gonna be here, I'm running, if anyone wanna show up. I, I thought maybe, maybe one person will show up. I get there, I see like 10 plus people, I'm like, what? People are actually like, I mean, running across America, everybody drove as far as 11 hours to meet me and run a few miles with me, so Dang. that was incredible. But that was a journey that was a journey within itself, so I understood people wanted to support and it was so nice. But when I saw people coming, I have a run club on Strava, Hello Good Run Club. It's not mine, it's our club. That's the energy I want to give it. Yes, I created it, but this is our club. Yeah. This is the people's club, the Hello Good Run Club. That's why I have my Strava separate also. So you can join the club, not even follow me on Strava or, or vice versa or both. So when I saw that in Boston, I'm like, man, people really love, love you. And it makes you more grateful, makes you appreciative of the crowd. So I went to Austin, say Hello Good Run Club in Austin. People showed up, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I go to South Africa, South Africa of all places, I'm at a, a food market. This guy comes in, he's looking at me, he's like, he's shaking his head, he's doing this. He's, I'm like, what is he, did I do something wrong? He goes, what are you doing in my country? I'm like, wait, wait, Yo. he said, I follow you, what are you doing in Cape Town? I was like, That's you know crazy. me? And I couldn't believe it, so That's immediately, crazy. I was like, 
I was thinking about we gotta do a hella, hella good run club in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been to South Africa, and I don't know if I have followers there. And people showed up, and it was on a, a work day too. Wow. And there was a holiday a couple of days later. I was like, I wish I knew about the holiday because people were alive. More people would probably showed up. And I had even the youngest member of the Hella Good Run Club show up. She was 12 years old, first youngest. She ran 5K. She was crushing it. She was leading us with a pace. So I said, all right, this is cool. And uh, did one recently in Boston. A lot of people came out. The five years, so many people showed up. So I said, every city we go to, we're doing the Hella Good Run Club because it's not so much of wanting people to come run with me. I want to run with you guys and mm -hmm. thank you for all your love and your support. This is me wanting to say hi to you in person, share those miles. It means it's a special mile between us because running brought us together. Even if you're not a runner, I make it comfortable to a point where when it gets crowded, people are ahead of me, they're going, or the crowds get carried away with the energy. I always make sure I stay back for, with the last person because you came here for me, I'm not leaving you behind. So I'll work the line, I'll go back and forth and I'll drop back to make sure. And if it's getting too separated, I'll run up, hey guys, slow it down. So every, it's a group collective thing. And now to see people even showing up right now, people are taking time out of their day. Yeah. Yeah. Time is very valuable and it just makes you like, you're blessed, you're grateful, and you just want to say thank you. And I'm like, I, I want to give back to these people and I want to do giveaways to let them know that I support, I appreciate their support and it's just unreal. I still don't understand to this day. I'll forever be humble about it. And I just, I always say, this is my saying, what is life? Yeah. I, that's, that's it. What and it seems life? like you've been doing it from the beginning, like showing the love to like your supporters, like on your 365 yeah. uh, day video, like you had like clips people. of like them. Like, it wasn't about me. It was about showing people also doing stuff. I, yeah, Bill did a really good job editing that. Everywhere, everybody from all over the world that did it, we say, hey, can you guys send your clip in if you did 365 days? We put them in and they That's can say dope. they're named and then say, I ran also every day for a year. So it's about the people. Without the people, none of this is fun. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes the experience. Your purpose and like for creating the journey and channel is really why I think you're just, you just strive so much because it's you. not about, it's not about a number. No. It's not about a number no, at all. About it's number. about the people. It's yes. about changing yes. lives. I think that's even cool from the beginning. Like you always ran, ran for something, mm -hmm. like some type of charity or yeah, purpose. Yeah. Like I think that's, that's super dope that you're able to capture that and then look back at, yes. at it too, like mm -hmm. in the long run. But like, since we're here too, like 2K, what is 2K? 2K, bro. 2,000 days. What is that? What does that really mean? What does that mean to you? Like, how, how, how have you changed to two? Have you, you feel like your mindset has changed over mindset this time? Mindset has always been the same from day one. It just got more fuel added to the fire. That's it. Mindset always been day one. Holding yourself accountable and being consistent. But the one thing I noticed that my form got better. I went back to look at old videos, bro. I was making fun of myself. The 1K video we did, I was like hunching when I'm running. So it's happening, but I changed mechanically and we are born to run. If you do it long enough, I didn't work on, I would watch videos to fix my form, but I didn't go see a form coach or anything. But naturally your body just come into this like beautiful mechanic. I'm still working on my form because the more I'm running, better form, my efficiency is so much better. I'm barely breathing heavy and things like that. So I can't wait to go to my next training block because I'm so hyped for what I have planned. And I think I'm gonna bring the best version of myself I've ever done in my life in this running journey. But that change, that 2K is just unreal to think that we're here today, that happening. And looking at the miles that I've accumulated in that span of time, 
and all the little adventures in between is unreal. It really is. Oh, I also wanted to ask you about being vegan. Did you start yeah. that on this journey too? How no. has that helped you with your so, learning? So Bell watched Porks uh, Earthlings back in 2015 and we watched it together and she went vegetarian immediately and I just wanted to eat meat the next day. It didn't impact me. So we watched Porks Over Knives a year later and within 20 minutes my jaw was like, She's like, are you okay? I said, I'm not okay. I don't think I can ever eat meat for the rest of my life, but I'm scared. And she goes, you know what? I'll go vegan with you because I'm vegetarian already because I'm, like, I'm not eating dairy, nothing. So went cold, cold turkey back in 2016. So almost wow. seven years coming up and in February since I went vegan. And it was one of the best life decisions I've made because I never felt better. And the only thing I regret about it, I didn't do it soon enough. And I think because of my choice of diet, uh, not having meat, less inflammation in my body, my joint, optimized my recovery process so I'm able to get out every day with the turnover being very short because of the food I put in my body. But I do eat junk vegan food. I have this gel bitter burger from New York City, junk, juicy, oily, cheesy <laughs> vegan burger. I do that too, but I tried my best to eat whole foods, yeah. So I've been vegan for almost seven years. Yeah, I feel like Before the run streak, yeah. Even just like from the, sick, the sickness that you're talking about earlier, like yeah, I never got sick. Yeah. I just feel like the, the fact that you run every single day, yeah. like I don't think that means that if you're getting sick a lot, you should run every single day. No. But that the health benefits, benefits that come from like running and like trying to keep you honest mm -hmm. and other things that you do, like, no, I got to go to sleep. I got Sometimes I got to wake up yeah. 3 a.m. Yeah. to make sure that I... 3 a.m. before I hop on the flight. Yeah, to make sure There's that been many neighborhood 3 a.m. I'm like, thank God my neighbors know me because it is scary. I'm yeah, just in my neighborhood just doing loops. Can you imagine doing circles for five like, miles? Who is that man? It feels like you're on a treadmill. In yeah. fact, if my neighbors see me walking, they're like, how come you're not running? So I feel safe over there, but yeah, you gotta sacrifice. And the sacrifice is for yourself because you love it. So it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing. It just means like you're taking care of the priorities, the things that are important to you before you hop on the flight. Because you don't know if you're gonna get stuck in an airport on a tarmac for five hours. Next thing you know, it's almost midnight, you didn't get your running. So I have all these like things about it. like, take care of it while you can, while you're in control. And if you get there, there's extra time, then you run there. So yeah, I always make sure that the run is done before anything. It's, it's my baby because it makes me feel whole. Is that all we got? I would just say close out. Which we do that all two questions that we always close out? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Well, one, two, one question you always ask me as somebody on the podcast because sometimes we don't know who to get next. You feel me? <laughs> who should we do with this next? Who should be the next person to come on the Two Black Runners podcast? Who do you think would be a great person that would fit the mold as a guest? Wow. Um, I'm gonna say two people, Robbie Ballinger. Uh, he might be here today. So when I ran across America, actually Bell was Googling when I wanted to do it. I didn't think anyone has ever done this. So I was like very um, ignorant to it. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was gonna be the first because <laughs> I'm like, who would ever run across America? We found Robbie Ballinger and he's an ultra endurance guy. Um, and he ended up being a mentor, helping me run across America. And uh, being the first black person to do this, solo by himself, no aid, nothing, just my, my two crew, Bell and my best friend, and him coming in to help when I needed it was incredible. But also, Allison, she just dropped Running Wild Black. Oh, we had, we had her. You had her already? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I met her in California <laughs> at Camp Shava. She's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I have yet to get that book, but I will get that book because I'm going to read it because I want to I see a different it's perspectives. Right, so yeah. You all have read the book already, so yeah. I'm a little behind to the Find the party. Listen <laughs> to the party. That's that's the big sis yeah. right there. That's our big sis. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are the two people I can think of. And but even right now, I can't think. And there's so many incredible people out there. I'm sure you'll find them. And I'm sure it's uh, a privilege to be on your podcast. This oh, is man, dope. It's a yeah. To have you, bro. When we talked about it in Chamonix, and I was telling you like we should do it, but I didn't really want to rush it and force it because we're gonna do a hotel room. Yeah. You know, yeah. video. This and I'm the... glad this was. 
You know, this plan, you know, Drake said God's plan? Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> and then last one, we always ask this question. It's kind of deep, but I think it's always a great way to end it. Uh, what mark do you want to leave on the sport, man, on Remy? I want to diversify the, the sports for everybody. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. I think that's important. Um, but also, I want people to know that you can do anything you put your mind to. And knowing that it's never too late to get started. Um, that's the message I want to keep sending. And, but also, when you do this, don't forget about, about others, because a helping hand can go a long way. Um, a helping hand for me is my run club. A helping hand for me is Hoka, Bell for sure, mm -hmm. and the support. Even y'all hyping me up. That's a helping hand. <laughs> hey, that's that's, just, that's just adding fuel to the fire. We got it. Yeah. And I think it doesn't hurt to hype, hype each other up, support each other, because there's enough out there for all of us in this world. Yes. We, so that's the... That's what I want to leave behind, just that mindset. We can all, we're all human. If you think about it, we all have similar, more similarity than differences. We all have aspirations, dreams, and goals. We want to help ourselves, support ourselves, our families, and friends. That's what life is about, and be happy. So um, if one thing I want to leave on this earth is that, and just letting people pursue the things that they want to do, just be nice. It doesn't take a lot. And if you can't be nice, just walk away. <laughs> That's it. You ain't got nothing just, nice to say. Yeah, just walk away. <laughs> That's it. Just walk away. Yes. Well, you, you, I appreciate this, man. You have, you have to take the time to come onto the podcast. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Definitely your 2000 yep. uh, day as well. Yeah. Like, this, this is incredible. This is really, and, really is incredible. Thank you. In a couple years, I'm going to do 100 miles. I'm going to do 100 miles. Hey, let hey, me know because I'll come pace you. We can make it happen. We're going to make that yeah. happen. No, hey. I'm going to do an ultra for and, real. Bro. And I'm Give putting this like out there. We, we got to put it out there. UTMB Chamonix. The 106 miles, we're not doing the 50K, we're not doing the 100K. We are doing the 170 plus kilometer, 106. We just put it out there. You you doing that. You too. Well, I, I want to do it. <laughs> 32,000 feet elevation gain, double Leadville, which is 15,000 that I gained. 106 miles, one day. I don't know what that, that day is, but one day, hell is day. We'll be out there and then I can see that and, next and year. do my best. I can see that next you year. You never know. Life works in a, I know some in a mysterious way. I know some people. And then thank you guys. And I, when I said there's level to this, I, I've seen y'all. I creeped a little bit. You guys are fast, fast. Hey. And we're trying to be fast, ahead. fast too. <laughs> Just because you run every day. I mean, I, I, I can do okay for myself, but I'm trying to be get on a certain level. But it's not any way to a point where like it's too, like I'm forcing something to do that I don't do. Yeah. I just want to, sometimes you just want to level up for yourself and see, you know what, I'm capable of doing things um, that I haven't tried and I just want to see. I, I'm like almost like a one and done kind of person. Mm -hmm. Like Leadville, maybe one and done. Maybe I'll go out there to try to do better. Uh, but I want to see what I'm capable of doing when we go on the other side of the game. Well, so I'm, I'm excited You guys here, stay tuned. Because I keep saying it. Something. When I say something, I'll do my best to give my best. And you got to always give your best. Belle also said this. I keep saying it. She said to me, Hella, and when I say this, it's not my quote. It's from her. She insulted in me. Give your best every day. And, but remember, your best is different every day, too. Mm -hmm. So the best today is not going to be the same as yesterday because different circumstances. So when you give your best today, don't compare it to yesterday because you didn't think it was good enough. It's just that today's best is different than yesterday as long as you're giving your best. So I'm going to go out there and give my best every day uh, until I can. I can't, and there's no can't really. It's the best is just different. So when I'm giving my best, that's coming next spring. Something we're up to something. That's all I gotta say. We'll leave it at that.